Stafford, good evening to you and thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Awesome. Always awesome to be on Metro. So thanks so much for having me again. Stafford, let's maybe start off here and uh, I guess uh, bat on the same wicket here and start off uh, mm-hmm. by clearly clarifying what we mean when we talk about artificial intelligence and the fourth industrial revolution. I guess uh, in particular with the fourth industrial revolution in relation to previous industrial revolutions. Uh, I recall, you know, at uh, the parliamentary hearings to appoint the board of uh, the uh, public broadcaster, uh, this particular question being posed uh, to one of the interviewees and uh, it certainly had him in sixes and sevens. Yeah, I think that what we need to do is take a step back and actually define intelligence uh, before we start looking at what artificial mm. intelligence is. And I think what intelligence is, is is a misnomer. We think intelligence is a squirrel has a particular IQ, and then we talk about a chimpanzee being kind of has a better IQ than a squirrel. Then mm. you get a dumb guy like myself, and you say, I've got an IQ of X, and you get a mediocre human with another IQ a little bit higher, and then we get a genius. And we, t- we take a look at intelligence and cognition in the singular linear way. But that's an incorrect definition or articulation or, or contextualization of intelligence. Intelligence is actually disparate species of intelligences coagulating in, in nature, in organizations, in your home. And those, that coagulation of disparate competencies and cognitions deliver things that are incredible. Now, you did start off talking about kind of the dystopian view of how technologies are being leveraged and AIs are being leveraged to do bad things. But conversely so, they, are, they, they also magnificently change our lives. Mm. I mean, for you to be able to, to, to pick an, a cab, a car, um, in three minutes arriving and you get in and you get out and it takes you where you want to go, that is magical. Um, if you take a look at the healthcare sector and what AI is doing there, it's magical. Now, people always look at it and say, well, wait a minute, this thing is more intelligent than us, and therefore it's going to take over our jobs. Uh, that's not completely correct. I think it's going to be combinatorial. I think it's going to be human intelligence augmented by artificial intelligence. Mm. And the net resultant will be us with superpowers. It will be a render of humanity much more accentuated than you and I can understand today. It will be mm. a better life. It will be a better place to live. Example, if I were to re- rewind into the agricultural revolution, you know, if we had to rewind into the agricultural revolution and talk about um, uh, Michelin chefs, the guy in the field would look at us and say, go away. If I told him about yoga instructors, you don't know what the hell I was talking about. In the year 1899 to 1910, 98% of the human population worked in the fields or somewhere in the agricultural sector. We chased calories because we were doing things that machines should do. We were doing things that could be measured in efficiency and productivity. Today, if you're listening to this and you're doing a job that can be measured by efficiency and productivity, a machine is going to do that better than you and you will be disintermediated. But I would argue that what you are doing has very little dignity. That's probably not what a human should be doing in the first place because we have a higher calling. We were, we, we were taken out of the field and we stopped plowing. We stopped putting kids into factories to weave things. We, we took ourselves out of um, areas where the machines could do a better job. And what we started doing were things that wasted time. We started coming up with recipes. We started coming up with mission and chefs. Mm. Today, you can eat tropical fruits in the depths of winter because the machines are doing the jobs that we called jobs in the early 1900s. They're doing those things because there was no dignity in those jobs. There was um, child labor in those jobs. So when we elevated humanity out of the efficiency and productivity aspects of what we define as a job, we actually create more work. Mm. Arguably, the agricultural sector has spawned more work, so there's more people employed in it than ever before in the history of humanity, yet only 2% 
of the human population works practically, physically in the agricultural sector. We saw this with fashion. The same thing happened with clothing. You know, when we had people, when the automation of weaving of clothes were done by machines, the Luddites or the Luddites that mm. owned them. They wanted to go and burn some of those machines. Yeah, yeah they burnt it. They killed people mm. because they fought for jobs. Jobs as what It sounds, it sounds quite similar day. to what's happening here with the Uber and the meter taxi industry uh, uh, for a second there. Yeah, but if you take a look at Uber, right? Uber mm. actually gave us more transportation. There are more taxi drivers for, for in, a, in a traditional sense. Mm. It, it, they are, and they are, there's more work. Whenever you introduce an artificial intelligence engine into a sector, what you do is you do eradicate jobs that can be measured in efficiency yeah. and productivity. But what you spawn is work. When we gave banking the ATM, what we took was humans. You know, humans in banking were people sitting behind thick glass panes shoving wads of cash at people that wanted it. Mm. And you know, we call that a job, and we fight for the job, and we toy toy for the job. But you know what? That's not a job. What a job is is taking, putting an ATM in. But what we didn't do is we didn't lay off all the, the, the tellers. What we did is we repurposed them. Mm. We made them do things because we gave them information. We gave them knowledge. We augmented them with computers. And suddenly financial services was an incrementally better experience. And the, the work increased because the machines did the mundane things. Mm-hmm. And that's what AI does. So, so we live in a world today where um, we have this cognition accessible and, in an artificial And the downside way. risk of that? I mean, uh, one would think that uh, much like, yes, uh, that there's all of the positive elements to it, but uh, even from a cognitive perspective, there's also, I guess, uh, the echo chambers and the groupthink and uh, uh, the impact that fake news and many other things have had, which uh, really in many ways are, are framed at uh, trying to condition certain kinds of responses uh, in human behavior that uh, are in pursuit of certain kinds of outcomes uh, that bolster certain interests. Sure. I mean, whenever we have anything that um, tectonically moves us a step ahead, we always have the folks that fear. Right, we always mm. do, and and then some of them have a point, and some of them we could have a dystopian future. Yeah, absolutely, we could use these things to kill mankind. This was the same when we got atomic energy, when we found nuclear energy, we we harnessed it, etc. And what I believe is in the good of humanity. At the end of the day, humans are inherently good, not inherently evil. And I know this may be a, a, a statement that's quite controversial, but. You know, I believe 51% of humanity is actually good and 49% is all that dystopian stuff. I see a bright future. What an interesting split. I see a beautiful future. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I was just saying, what an interesting split. And uh, what then becomes the function of policy and regulation to ensure that, on the one hand, we harness the, the upside of the positive, and uh, we also, I guess, stem the tide of some of the negative downside risks. Yeah. Of, so, uh, so what I'm uh, doing, I'm on the board this, yeah. of the CSIR, mm. and uh, what I'm doing very closely with the Minister of Science and Technology is that we're about to embark on educating the various leaders that we have on what this means. What does fourth industrial revolution mean? And not just from a conceptual perspective, what does it mean for South Africa? And I love what Tim O'Reilly says. Tim O'Reilly is a futurist. And one of his quotes, I love this quote, he says, if artificial intelligence truly displaces mankind and we do land up in a dystopian future, it won't be because of artificial intelligence. It will be because of a lack of creativity and imagination stemmed from humanity. Mm. Yes, we could absolutely have an organization doing more with less. Today, we have tools and services that allow CEOs to do so much more with greater operating margins, with greater productivity output, with a lot less human beings. But the resultant is not to lay everyone off. The opportunity now is to augment those people with artificial intelligence 
So they can mm. offer and deliver services that were previously unimaginable. So the, 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 what we need to tell our CEOs, our leaders, is, is that it's not about doing more with less. It's doing what was previously unimaginable because you have superpowers now. And, and, and people augmented. You and I have AI today. Mm. A guy in a taxi. They, I mean, today I saw a guy in a taxi and he had a, a Galaxy S whatever phone. He's augmented with AI. Mm. I mean, when you walk around with your phone, that's not a phone. That's a rectangular, magical wand that gives you access to disparate species of artificial intelligences. It can tell you where to go. It can mm. give you information. It can understand what you're saying. It knows where you are. These are incredible powers. And these powers can be leveraged so humans can express their humanity, utilizing these things in an incredible way. So organizations can, absolutely can, do more with less, lay people off, and at the end of the day, the machines do all of that. Mm. But what we need to teach leaders is that the future needs more creativity. Sure. It needs more imagination because okay. the impossible is possible because of AI. Awesome one. Stafford, we'll have to leave it there. Really appreciate uh, so you much. taking time out to speak to us this evening. A tech uh, startup investor and also someone really engaged in the policy space uh, when it comes uh, to uh, this particular matter. And uh, just to give you a sense, of course, uh, coming up next uh, here on um, Metro FM, uh, 9 to midnight uh, with uh, Santler, and uh, where he's going to be playing uh, back all of the jams uh, that, uh, of course, uh, take you into uh, the next day. And he's going to be joining us uh, real quick. But a uh, big thank you to all of you for joining us this evening.